in three, two, one, go. Computer science to me is networking with cool and smart people. Games. College. Innovation. Bitconnect. Data structures and algorithms. Creativity. The lifestyle. Fixing bugs. Data. Discrete math. Opportunity, diversity, and hope. Computer science is the future. Welcome, everyone. We're back with the sixth episode of Third Floor Herzberg. On this episode, we have two very special guests, Arian and Nick. Um, if you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves. So um, I'll keep it short. Uh, I'm Arian, uh, currently interning at uh, AWS. Um, I've had three internships previously. I've interned at, um, I don't want to disclose it in this, but like you can look me up. But uh, one of the companies I interned at is uh, BlackBerry. And then I did two internships at another company called MindGeek. Uh, you can Google it if you want. Um, but yeah, m mostly I do like full stack development, uh, which is what I'm doing at AWS right now. Um, I'll let Nick continue. Cool. So my name is Nick, and I'm a fourth year computer science student at Carleton University. It's uh, my second internship, and both of them have been at Amazon. So in the summer of 2019, it was my first time there. And then now I'm doing my second wave in the summer of 2020. Cool, 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 cool. So yeah, this um, th this episode in general is going to be focused as to what it was like, um, what your journeys were, like applying to Amazon, doing the interviews, like actually being there, um, and especially the difference between being there in person, as, ha as it was with you, Nick, and then being there virtually, as it has to be this summer. So yeah, so um, my first question to you guys is, why did you choose to go into computer science, uh, like to you, Nick and Aaron? Yeah, I can start that off. Um, for me, it's something that I've been interested in in high school, but I didn't really know about the career path that it brought. And then my sister, she's two years older than me. So when she started mm -hmm. getting into it, it kind of opened the door for me. So it, if I didn't have a sister, I may never have heard of computer science and may never mm -hmm. have gone into it. But just having that connection and someone who showed me it around, I was able to, I took, I think, two classes in high school, maybe grade 10 or 11 or 11, 12. And that kind of opened it up for me. And then from there, I thought that one, it's great for jobs, but it's also something that I'm passionate about. So the two go pretty well together. Yeah, no, and, and I guess like having someone to really show you what it's really like, because obviously no, going into into CS in school doesn't really tell you what it's really like working, right? So yeah, 100%. Like even going into my first year, I still didn't know if I like computer science just because it didn't really dive into what I was interested in. And then second year is really where it started to pick up for me. So just having yeah. somebody who was two years ahead of me kind of just, it showed me what my future was going to be like. So it was kind of nice to mm -hmm. have that. Uh, yeah. So for me, it, it was like in high school, like I used to make some some games. Like I, I still remember when like Flappy, Flappy Bird got big and like everybody was trying to make one of those games and like uh, get rich quick, I guess. Um, but like for me, it was more of a, at first at least, it was more of a, um, way to achieve my goals, which in that case was like making a game. And I don't think I was super passionate about like computer science itself. Uh, I I wanted to uh, become like a physicist, but I kind of oh, realized wow. uh, afterwards that I wasn't smart enough for that. And I kind of realized that I'm good at computers, so I might as well go into it. And when, once I started, it's like I could see like way, way more like why I would like working in this field. Basically, yeah, that's, yeah, that's very interesting. Um, did all of you guys apply to Amazon like every year continuously, like in first year, in second year, in third year? Actually, I this was like my f fifth time or something. Like I, you can see, like uh, on your table, <laughs> yeah, like, I applied like every yeah. time. I was like, a bit I'm different. Getting and then eventually accepted. Yeah, for yeah. me it was actually a bit different. I was I was always too scared to apply in my first couple years. Mm -hmm. So it, that was the first time that I applied, but I got a bit lucky because I met some people at an event. And they, they had like a QR code that you can scan and it show that you went to the event. So when people were, uh, or when the recruiters were checking the different applications, they can match your email to uh, your resume and see who went to the events and not. So that definitely helped me. But I was definitely in my first two years, I was definitely too scared to apply to any of the big companies. So I think it was maybe my first or second time. Yeah. What about you first? Yeah, for me, I applied once in like second year. I think they had something called like, Amazon future engineer or something like that and then I got resume rejected like I didn't even get a interview and then <laughs> the second time I applied I applied for like the regular internship like just off a whim and then it, it all worked out from 
from there. Yeah. So I just applied online, no referral, yeah. no anything like that. Yeah, and I think uh, most of us, like, I think all of us went to QSEC at some point, and I think Amazon was uh, at that event, right? I think was that what you were referring to, Nick? Like the yeah, QR that's code? the event. Wait, what what does that uh, QR code like do for you? It basically moves you. It proves that you went to an event and then you met the people there. So I don't know exactly what it does on the back end. I can't speak from that, yeah. but I imagine that they have a list of people who went to these events and maybe they prioritize them. So oh, okay. at least that that's what it seemed like. Yeah. No, I remember after I talked to a recruiter at that event too, she said like, oh, like we'll just bring you to the top of the list and stuff. And I was like, okay, I hope I, I, hope I hear back, but I got, yeah, I got another uh, resume, <laughs> resume rejection from that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, so I'm, so I'm assuming, so both of you guys, so Arian and Faris, you guys didn't get an interview until you were in third year, right? Pretty much. Like I got it in the, I got the interview in maybe like October of like, so like, I'd say like, yeah, third year, like beginning okay. of third year. Yeah. Yeah. And same with you, right, Darian? Uh, no, me, it was, I guess, beginning of fourth year. Right. 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 And with you, Nick, it was a year earlier, right? Like at the end of second year, was that? Yeah, so it was my third year of university, but I do, I've been doing less classes and I took a semester off, mm -hmm. so I was second year standing when I got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and what do you guys think is, uh, is like, like when you guys applied and when you got that interview, it's like, did you think you had enough experience to like stand out to like get those interviews or was it like a, a surprise when you got the interviews where you're like, wow, I didn't expect to get this? Like, I had a feeling that I was probably going to get the interview, but I heard from a lot of people that, uh, like, spots were starting to run out. Like, uh, when when I was applying, at least, uh, like, even before I had my in interview for the Vancouver office, uh, I heard that the Seattle office was starting to waitlist people. So I got a little worried about that. But it, I think the waitlist was, like... A, there's like a there's a bigger wait list in the Seattle office than in like the Vancouver like for Canada because I think there's just more qualified applicants there in yeah. the US. Yeah, for me it was kind of interesting cuz um basically I pretty much knew that I was going to get an interview I think because um I did really well in the coding challenges and stuff. But um the the thing was um by the point uh, I had my like by the point I had my schedule, uh, my uh, interview scheduled, it, it was like mid-February, I think. And yeah. going into the interview, I already knew that um, I was interviewing for a waitlist position because at that point they were waitlisting everyone. They weren't like directly taking anyone. Yeah, because that was for a summer position, right? So you were pretty close. Uh, yeah, exactly. What about you, Nick? For me, I actually did not think I was going to get it. I, I did okay on the coding challenge, and the they had like an, uh, some sort of assessment as well. But then there was a third part where there was a debugging challenge, and I just, I did not do well on that. It was, it's weird because that was supposed to be the easiest one of the three challenges, and I just, I just couldn't do it. I think there was just too much pressure, and I didn't do super yeah. great on it. But, uh, so yeah, I did not think I was going to make it to the next round at that point. And, and I think, I think most of you guys had, two internships under your belt, right? When you first applied? Yeah, I did. Personally, yeah, I did. I had three, but like two of them at the same company. Yeah. Amazon was actually, it was it was my first private company. Uh, I worked for the government for one summer and then I did Amazon after that. Wow, okay, cool. So yeah, so I think, uh, I think most of us, at least like our experiences applying to big companies and stuff, I think, Sort of like the um, like everyone says, you should, you should apply after you get your, those first two internships because then you have like more experience and that's sort of like what they look for. Um, but I'm guessing for Unic, like, what do you think is what made you stand out, like uh, in terms of like why they sort of they they chose to give you an interview? I always tell myself, just like especially at the time because I didn't have the experience that, like, experience is obviously the number one thing that companies look for but they know that certain people aren't going to have that. And they're not going to discount you immediately just because you don't have it. So yeah. you can prove your experience in other ways, you know, like the classic way of having side projects, going to events. And I think for me, it was just a combination of all of that. Uh, I, I was doing pretty well in school. Like my grades were pretty well, pretty good. Uh, I went to an event and actually met someone from Amazon. And then I also had some side projects under my belt. So I kind of, I was well-rounded. The only thing I was lacking was the experience. And I yeah. guess for me, they just took a shot with it and... 
Like generally, if you do make it past the first round, at that point, your resume is not that important anymore. It's all based on your yeah, skills. It's just the interviews, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So once I made it to the coding challenge, like I, I was in the door, you know, at that point it was yeah. all up to my skill. So I think yeah. just trying to be as well-rounded as you can is, is the key. And I think you've been to uh you've been to hackathons as well, right? I think you went to CS Games, right? Before you applied. Yeah, sorry, I didn't even think of that. So yeah, those <laughs> and also running CU Hacking is definitely a big thing. Right. Helping right, out with yeah. that because I've been helping out for a few years now for CU Hacking. Mm -hmm. So just trying to get involved in any way. I think if you don't have the experience and you don't have extracurriculars, then you're not going to stand out. You know, you don't have anything to stand out from. But if you have like, I went to a competition, placed in top ten. You know, that's something that not everyone can put on the resume. So I think that's yeah, something sure. unique. So I think that's the key. Yeah, also for those listening, and C-Hacking is uh, Carlton's Hackathon. If you guys want to look it up, uh, we're hosting a bunch of events this year. Talking about the interview and what those assignments are like. So um, what was the timeline for each of you guys when you first applied until when you um, got your offer? Like, was it like three months, four months? What was it like? I applied when I first applied. It took me pretty long time. Like, I just applied on the portal. But I applied like I applied to like all they had like a bunch of different positions. So they had one for like robotics. They had one for like the Toronto office, one for the Vancouver. Like I just literally applied to all of them. And then it took me like I think a month and a half to get the first like automated challenge. And then when you get the automated challenge, it's just like you fill it out. And then it'll like it'll either like from what I've seen is like if you do really, really, really bad, like you bomb it, like say you do like you get like one out of seven, then it'll like reject you, right? But like, yeah. if you do good, then they'll just automatically, like it's all automatic, the first like, like two or three assessments. And then from there, uh, like I got, I got the assessments like within a week of each other. So they were really quick. Okay. Like, I think I got one in one day and I got the second one like two days after. And then I filled out the third one. And then after you fill out the third one is like, you're waiting like a really long time because uh -huh. they also schedule they actually like schedule you for an interview yeah. with, like an interviewer so that that one took a really long amount of time yeah but no, we, that, we'll, uh, we'll go we'll go into each specific session just like in general it was like how, how much time like three months first would you say yeah like like two and a half three months yeah i'd say that's okay. pretty accurate what about your uh so like i applied like so like first of all like their system was kind of buggy when you applied like You'd have to apply multiple times, like yeah. uh, it would keep saying like you didn't apply or something. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I applied with a referral. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much it helped because I think I applied like before Ferris, and mm -hmm. I still got my coding challenges like after, um, right? Like after, yeah. Mm -hmm. By the time I had my coding challenges, I think Ferris already had his offer. Mm -hmm. uh, that was like mid January, and that was crazy. Like because I was. Like I was in Thailand during that time. Like I was in the middle of my vacation, yeah. And um, I was never checking my emails, so um, I didn't even know I had received those emails. And then when when I started doing those coding challenges, it was already like um, past the limit, but somehow it got through. So I don't know. I'm I'm happy about that. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> um. So so what you're mentioning about applying and applying again. I think uh, I think I've heard this from other people too that Amazon hires in waves, right? Like if you don't get it on the first one, then you can apply again and then keep sort of applying until you get um, that challenge, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Like um, I, I don't know okay. if you get like rejected. I don't know if you can apply again. I'm not. I'm yeah. not sure about yeah. that. But like they they give the everything in a wave. Like they'll give mm -hmm. the schedule. They don't do like. It's like a rolling basis of waves, I guess. So like, yeah, exactly. Like even yeah. on, um, there's like some uh, Discord groups for people who were waitlisted and you would see like every week or so, I think there would be new people who got accepted. So like yeah. that's how they would pull people in, you know. And like, well, I guess one of the reasons why it's a bit confusing is also because like, I think Amazon has many different platforms with the same jobs and from with different jobs, right? Like there's the Amazon Careers uh, US, Amazon Students Canada, Amazon Students US, right? And there's, I think there's only, there, there's one platform that has all of them, but there's a lot of smaller ones that really don't show you all the jobs, right? I yeah. I just applied through like uh, LinkedIn and then the LinkedIn took you to the, like the actual website, like the portal. That's what I did and it worked out. And I got an interview pretty quick. 
Yeah, I think Omar is talking about like there's two websites too also, right? So that's kind of a confusing part. There's like uh, yeah. Amazon University and then there's like Amazon.jobs. That might mm -hmm. be a bit confusing. But like yeah. sometimes if I want to check my offer or something, I'll still go to the wrong one. <laughs> but yeah, what about Unic? Like how how long was it when you first applied and when you got uh, your offer? I think it would probably be about three months. Uh, near the end of December in 2018 was when I first applied. And then I didn't hear back, went to the event that I was mentioning, the QR codes. Yep. And I started the process where I actually heard back from them. It was either late January or early February. <clears throat> and then I had the offer and everything set up in March. All right. So now those first challenges. So they are called the OA. I, I forget like their actual name, but like their, their short name is OA, right? Do you guys know what it actually online stands assessment. for? Oh, just online ass assessment. Um, and like there's three of them, right? Right. And like, would you say like they like they increase in difficulty? Like, do they get harder, or is it just like more of the same thing? I think it's three completely separate challenges. I've heard mm -hmm. of people who struggle on the coding challenge, and then in my situation, the debugging was the harder one, and I didn't I didn't find the coding that that difficult. And yeah. then there's also the the third one, which is just like general assessment, and it was it was more like problem solving. And I, I've heard some people say that that's the the most difficult one to them. So. I think it's definitely depends on the type of person, but I, mm. I think that I don't think they're meant to be increasing in difficulty from one to the other. I think they're just three completely separate focuses of what they're what they're trying to get out of you. So, yeah, yeah, they just want to test like I think everything and see your overall picture. Yeah, yeah. like I think you can do bad on one uh, and still like get it. Like even if you do like terrible on like the first one, you'll still get get the opportunity to redeem yourself on the next one. Like. I don't think that uh, they reject you if you do bad on the first one. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a point system for each one, and then they just rank based on all three challenges. So if you do really yeah. well in one, it doesn't necessarily matter how bad you did in the second one. But I don't know if that's true, but that, that's just that's what it seems like the case to be. So Yeah. And the platform, they do them on, it's similar to HackerRank, right? Like where you can just choose any language and you have like, what, what are they like, like 45 minutes per assignment? No, nah, I think it's it's just it depends on like some are longer than the other. Like I remember one being like almost two hours long, and then there's ones that are like yeah. fifteen minutes. Like it just it's just each test is different. But usually the first two are coding assignments, right? And then I think I think so, yeah. Yeah, and then the third one is the one that's a bit different. I remember when when I did the third one, it was uh, at least for me it was um like a sort of a simulation of like being at work, and you had to choose like texting like different persons of the team and like what would you do in the situation like was that the same for you guys that's actually new for me i had um it was it was like the typical challenge that you'd get where it shows you a bunch of different things in a sequence and it would tell you what's next hmm. so it was it was like, a bunch of problems problems like i guess just a bunch of problem sets like that you know just generic stuff that there's no math involved there's no programming involved it's just yeah. how you think about certain problems so, but yeah, they changed it. I think it was this year where they changed it to uh, to the one where it's like more, the more interactive. Yeah, I think yeah. it was the emailing system or something. I don't know. I, I didn't actually <laughs> yeah. see this. Yeah, it was really funny. It's just like, oh, uh, X person wants your help. Why would you tell them, right? And it's uh... yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I was like, I wasn't a huge fan of those, like, because there's not always a correct answer. But mm -hmm. I don't know. What, what yeah, are you doing here? The big thing there is like the leadership principles, right? Like uh, even I think in the, oh wait, I think it even says in the email like to know your uh, leadership principles yeah. before you go. Like, yeah. yeah, that's like the big, big, big thing for sure. I, and for those who don't know what those are, uh, first, like what, uh, can you guys explain what those are? It's just like the, the, like the culture of the company. So it's like uh, they have like 14 leader. If you go look Amazon 14 leadership principles, uh, they, they, like that's what they do that's what they use uh like even in like just the company in general like everyone uses it, i guess and like i guess interviewers it's kind of like they they want that because it shows like you have like a good culture fit right like so there's there's a bunch even some they conflict with each other so it's kind of like you have to like be reasonable but the main point is like you should just know the the leadership principles i guess if you want to like apply it's like uh Basically, I think Jeff Bezos came up with them and he wants uh, his employees to basically use those as a guideline for
for how they should like uh, to make decisions at work. So yeah. they want you to learn those and they want you to like apply them at work so that uh, Amazon could succeed. Yeah, in, in a lot of the things that you do at work too, uh, you guys will see it throughout the term, is they, they ask you to apply it to certain situations. So like at, at the half point mark, uh, they were asking me of examples of when did I show these principles in different things that happened. And then you write like an essay based on it. So they definitely, they, they weigh heavily on it and they stand by them. So it's not something that you have to memorize going into an interview, but it's definitely nice to know at least a few of them and at least understand the culture that they're trying to drive with it. And I think if you portray that in the interview, then you're good to go. Right. And, and before we get into the interview, so these three assignments, um, they're automated, like I think, uh, and like they, you get them back to back and you could pretty much like you can get them done in a week, right? All of them. I yeah. think so. Yeah. yeah and, and after that, I think, uh, so how long was it from you got from when you finished the assignments until you got the actual interview for you guys? Like a month and a week for me, I think. Yeah, it's around the same time for me. I can't remember the exact time, but I want to say it was around a month, probably. Maybe a little bit less. Wow. And, and like, do you guys think that depends on when you applied or when you finished the assignments? Well, they give you, um, uh, they give you like the option for like scheduling. You're talking about the interview, right? Yeah, like, w like when did you hear back saying, "Hey, we want to interview you"? Oh, the the email after. Uh, yeah. Well, that was quick. That was like, uh, like after the. I, I'm pretty sure, like after the third assessment. You got oh. a reply, and then you have to okay. schedule your interview. Unless I'm yeah, yeah. yeah I got it, it. Was a month for me to get the scheduling email, and then like a week and a half uh, from the scheduling to my actual interview. Yeah, that sounds about right for me too. Yeah, it it couldn't have been that long for me because yeah, um, yeah, because I interviewed like uh, sorry, I did my online assessments early January, and I did my actual interview like mid February. So actually, yeah, it it can be probably like. Uh, I got my email a month later, and then I scheduled it like two weeks later or something like that. Yeah, that, that's probably right. If you yeah. apply really early, you you I've heard of people getting like scheduled really fast. Like I've, if you if you're one of the like first ones, so definitely apply early because it's also rolling wave, right? Like you don't want to get like waitlisted. So that's the like, mm. also key thing to do. Like don't wait, don't don't delay, just apply. <laughs> um. Okay, and now, now, so now you get to the interview, right? Which is, uh, I would say, like, which is, I, th I think all of us could say it's the most important part and the one that sort of like makes or breaks your uh, your offer. Um, and when you guys do that, when you guys got to that stage, how much studying like had you done by then, or was it like you guys wait until you got the interview to start studying, or like you guys already know what the interviews were like? Do you, do you start studying before? Um, what was it like? Uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead first. Uh, like, I, like I had an idea, a strong idea what the interview was probably going to be like. So I was already studying because I was applying to other companies at the same time. Yeah. And like 99% of them, we all know, they do like algorithm and data structure questions. So I was already like uh, prepared for that. And then I was also just, I had some like, I guess, like um, situations that I know at like, at like internships and stuff because usually they ask like you some behavioral so i just had like uh some things personal like experiences but i like try to like tie them to the leadership principles when i was like doing the interview that's that's the studying that i did yeah so like um for me like i i i was kind of doing like lead code stuff uh like more or less but not really not really to be honest like maybe one question yeah. <laughs> a week or so like not really yeah Properly, but then like um, once uh, once I scheduled my actual uh, interview, that's when I went hard. Like I had a lot of like sleepless nights and stuff. But yeah, uh, like the good thing was that um, Ferris had done this before, so like I could rely on him and like ask him for advice and stuff. So mm -hmm. uh, shout out to Ferris and <laughs> yeah, I think for me, um, I was definitely doing lead code periodically. I tried yeah. to have a system where I would do like a few a week and that was going on for months. And then as soon as I got oh. the interview, I knew I needed to ramp up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I started looking at Glassdoor, see like what did people go through when they were doing the interviews, what questions were asked. And just, I wanted to mentally prepare myself for what I was going to be asked just because I haven't done a whole lot of interviews prior. So I don't have the experience in that. 
And then yeah. once I had all that, I think uh, I created a doc. Sorry, I created a doc and then I, I added a bunch of different questions in that I might have gotten or other people have gotten. Mm-hmm. And then just some topics that I should know. And I just tried to practice that a little bit. So I think cramming is definitely what most people do. And it, it does work. But <laughs> if you know you're going into like the season of applying, I would recommend trying to prep a little bit before because it was kind of stressful yeah. to cram the last couple of weeks. It was not fun. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> also on lead code, like there's like questions that are specifically uh, labeled Amazon. And like, if you do those, you'll be like, you're very likely to encounter those. So yeah, I actually, I paid for a premium as well. And I did that and I found that helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like what, uh, what sources would you guys say, like were the best for preparing like lead code or Glassdoor? Or even hacker rank. I don't know what you what you guys looked at, but uh, where 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 do you guys find found the most um, like truly advice that was close to what the interviews were like? Me personally, I just found um, I did Lee Code, and I did. Uh, there's a book called Elements of the Programming Interview. Those are the two mm-hmm. books that I found were really useful because they showed you some like um, neat little like Python tricks. The the thing though is like that I should probably mention is on the online assessment uh the like the debugging part you can only do it in c plus plus or java so you should like maybe brush up on that it's nothing like too specific it's like it's like really basic yeah. stuff but you still need to know java or c plus plus or c to, to do those ones but i did all my programming interview questions studying in python and even my like the the even my interviewer he didn't even know python so but he still let me do it. So like once you're like doing your final interview, they let you do whatever. As long as you can just clearly like articulate what you're what you're doing and why you're doing it, then it's still fine. Like I don't even think they asked me to like to run my code. It was just to explain like trace through it, you know, yeah. and like just like put your code inside and out. Yeah, that's a really good point actually. I forgot, but you're right. They made us do it in Java for uh the assessments before. And I think they they wanted us to do it in, in Java C for the interview. But yeah, the my interview was the exact same where I told him I've been practicing in Python and I thought you could do it in Python. So yeah. he he let me do it in whatever. But it's good to brush up a little bit on Java because I know that Amazon uses Java a lot. So it's definitely something mm-hmm. it's good to know. Yeah, like uh, for me, I had the same experience too. Uh, surprisingly, I guess um, my interview didn't my interviewer didn't know uh, Python, uh, but he still <laughs> let me use it and. Like, it was kind of funny because he would have to like I would have to explain to him like some syntax and stuff, but yeah. In the end, like, no, I guess I... Run it and like uh, I think he saved it so that he can review it later, uh, maybe yeah. alone or with someone who knows Python. I'm not so sure. And, and I guess that that could be an advantage. Viewer doesn't know uh, like what the functions you're using, and if you explain them really well, that could really show that you know that language like really well, right? Like I, I think Fires mentioned to me that he was explaining. Uh, how some of the functions work, how Python compiles. Uh, and I don't know, I think your interview was impressed with that, right? Yeah, like he asked me like stuff that was like, I guess like specific to Java, like in Java you have like, I don't know, like uh, like fixed point, like fixed bit, like values, like you have like, I don't know, like long and int and whatever. And you can have stuff like overflows and whatever, right? So like, I think the question that I was working on specifically had something to do with that. So I explained to him like normally like in Java you'd have to deal with this, but in Python it's like it's like the bits like there's no like fixed um, amount of like bits in an int like it just keeps expanding. So he was, he was pretty impressed that like I knew something like that. So like just do if you can do the interview in something you're comfortable with like do do that. Don't like don't uh, do it do what you're comfortable in. That's my advice, I guess. All right, so when when you guys go to the interview, so what was it like? Was it uh was it just technical? Did it have two stages? Uh, was it also behavioral? Like how did how did they ask you for those uh, leadership principles? I guess I can go first. For me, it was it was purely technical. Um, but at the end of the end of the interview, we had probably 10, 15 minutes just to chat, uh, where it was completely unstructured. So he let me ask questions. We just chatted about life and. I think that was honestly one of the key parts of the interview that helped a lot because I, yeah. I related to him in different ways and like he was opening up about his life. It was definitely a good response to have. I knew that I was doing pretty well in the interview based on that. But at least for me, there were no structured behavioral questions. So it was just yeah. too technical. And I think I think most of them are generally one or two technical questions depending on how much time you have. 
And then I would hope that they give you a bit of time at the end to to ask your own questions, which I think is seriously a huge part of the interview. Like if you say you have no questions at the end, I think that's a red flag sometimes. So yeah, I think no, it's and, and it's really it's really in like our best interest to like use that time to like just ask honest questions, right? Like, do you like your work really? Like, how what is it yeah, like? Exactly. What do you guys do every day, right? Show that um, you're passionate about it. It's not just a random job for you. You know, you care about the exactly. company. That's your your ten minute chance to show that you care about amazon you know and how long was it like in total for you nick uh i think i want to say it was around an hour i i actually don't remember oh, wow. the length yeah. that it was uh, maybe 45 minutes or an hour somewhere around there yeah what about you first yeah i think i remember it being 45 minutes so i think uh, for me it was the opposite he started with like just some he wants you just like get to know me you know that was like the first part and then like he asked me some like personal life questions, like you know, like just standard questions, like tell me a time when you dealt with like a tough situation or like standard standard behavioral questions. And then the last thirty minutes was just uh, straight programming, like uh, like it was kind of like a question, and he just kept like if you have extra time, you try to build more on it, you know, and yeah. try to see like what's uh what's the limit when I would start asking for help, like. If you get stuck and you're really like stuck, like always, it's good to like talk, talk out what you're thinking, right? So they can see what you're thinking and they can give you some pointers. Like near the end of mine, the question got started got really hard, and I would like explain what I was thinking, but and then even the interviewer at some point even like clarified like some points and he gave me some examples. And he said blah blah blah, and then from there, like I got a hint, and then I was able to finish it because of the, yeah. the hint he gave me, right? So always like. Talk your thought process out. That's a very big point. Yeah. What about uh, you? Yeah, for me, um, so me it was kind of weird. Um, the interviewer started off uh, with some uh, operating system theory questions. Like, oh. Yeah, like I didn't do well on that part. I'm gonna be honest, because uh, like Anil, who teaches that class, and I think I was I took it last semester, uh, like the semester before I had my interview. Yeah. It's gone 3,000, uh, right? Like, Anil kind of changes his, uh, uh, like, outline every time. So, like, he didn't show us stuff like new texts and, like, other stuff, like, that I was asked about. So, I didn't do well on that part. But yeah. um, I did mention my, uh, my interviewer that that's not something yeah, that, really yeah. well. Uh, I'm more like a web dev guy. That is so random, though, that they would ask you operating systems stuff. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was because uh, he was like a, a C++ developer. So maybe it yeah. was that. But anyway, uh, after that, he asked me like uh, two um, like technical lead code questions, uh, which I went through pretty easily because I had seen them. <laughs> and um, so that, that part was kind of quick. Uh, the rest of it, yeah, yeah it was like uh, he asked me about my previous experience. And like, I, I really tried to like fit in some of the leadership principles in there. And then, uh, yeah, finished it off by asking him, him a quick few questions about his job and whatnot. So and like when you guys, when you guys got asked those behavioral questions, I guess you had to in some way relate them to the principle, the leadership principles, right? Actually, uh, yeah, like actually for my interview prep, that's one of the things I did, like for each of the um, leadership principles, I tried to kind of uh, find some uh, life experiences that yeah. would, uh, fit those. Cool. Um, and then like, would you say the, the questions that they gave you guys were like on the realm of like, uh, like lead code easy, medium, hard, or like completely something completely different or like, um, well, like you said, sort of like the standard like tree or map type of question or like, is there anything that you guys were like, this is insane, like, <laughs> like what even is this, is this hard? <laughs> for me, it was, sorry, go ahead. Oh, you, can go. you can go, you can go. Okay, I, I was going to say for me, it was, I would say it was probably easy slash medium. I don't think it was any more than that. Yeah. Um, and I had like tree traversal questions or one question and then one with string manipulation. So it was, it was stuff you would see on, on lead code. I haven't actually seen those specific questions on lead code. Um, but I mean, once you understand how most of the questions work, you start to relate one to the other and you just, you have the idea of how to go about it. And then again, like what Faris was saying before about talking through um, your process for it, I think that's the key, right? Like you don't necessarily need to know every single thing about the question, as long as you, you speak your process through and like they're, they're, they're here to help you at the same time too. My guy wrote out some pseudocode for me 
while I was doing it, which was super sweet. So. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. What about you first? Yeah. For me, um, I wasn't as lucky. It's all it's all luck, really. Like I've heard some people getting really easy questions, some people getting really hard questions. I think I was I got more harder questions. Yeah. Like, I think I got like a medium, and then like <laughs> something like borderline hard. So. Yeah. Not not great luck, but I, I think yeah, like, I, was, I swear you have uh, you have like the worst luck for getting hard questions. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, uh, like the questions, like I knew what I was doing, so like. Uh, it wasn't too tough, and I think the fact that it was a harder question, the interviewer is like more lenient on giving me like a hint or two, so that also helped a bit. What about you, Aaron? Yeah, like me, I can name the exact questions I got, or like variations of those. So, yeah. like the first one was literally. I, I would empower you, bro. You, get, you might get in trouble for that. <laughs> Yo, it's two sum. It's number one on lead code. Oh, okay, okay, two sum. <laughs> it's a variation of that, and. Yeah. Uh, it was really easy. Uh, second one was um, basically traversing uh, breadth for search a tree. So cool. yeah. I, I, and would you guys say that um, that Amazon interviews are based off of more of like, can you actually get to the answer or the way you solve them? Because I know like companies like Facebook, right? They even though like you might show a lot of work, I from what I've heard, they still care whether or not you can actually get the final answer, right? Um, and I know there's, there's companies that care more about the process, uh, how you explain yourself. Like, what would you guys say? I'm not too, like, uh, sure about that. But, like, it's all it's obviously better if you get it, like, the answer. But um, yeah. if you don't, then maybe someone else can answer that. I would say that the process is probably the most important. Um, I mean, if you have the answer and you don't really talk about how you got there, you could have very well have just seen the question 10 minutes prior to the interview, you know. But if you show your thought process throughout the whole interview and how your mind's working through it and how it's changing and you're slowly solving it, I think that's the key. And I think that's what helped me because for my, the second question I answered pretty well uh, and pretty quickly as well. But the first one I struggled with a bit and he had to help me. But I was I was talking through and I, th I think he realized that I was just nervous for the question and I actually knew the answer. So I think that definitely helped. If he was just looking for the right answer and that was it, I probably wouldn't have gotten the job. So I think it's probably a balance of the two, but I think the process does matter a lot. And like, yeah, would you like, say if that... you just write in the code and uh, don't explain anything, then you're not getting getting any points for yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. But as long as you do you something and like your interviewer is following yeah. you, then it's good. And like, would you say that you guys were given enough time to think it out? Because I know, like, personally, I've had experiences where like. I try to like explain what I'm gonna do, sort of like explain them, like sort of like get get like hints. Is this right? Is this wrong? Like and sort of like talk talk a lot before I write code. And I had one experience where like the person on the other end was just like he like barely any any talking, and he was just like start writing code, right? And I was like, oh wow, like <laughs> like were you guys given time to like or I've like, had an interview like that. I've yeah. actually had one exactly like that. It wasn't Amazon. Um, yeah. But... I, Google. I had the same one like that. It was a Google interview. Yeah, okay. Mine was Google too. I wasn't going to say it. But it, just... it, was, it was for Google to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, dude. Yeah. Um, my, interviewer really, my interviewer was a really nice guy. Like, he was, he was very, like, uh, yeah, same understanding me. and helpful. Yeah, like, no problems with me for the interviewer. I think I at really... one point, I even said, like, can I have a couple seconds just to draw it out? Yeah, and he was like, "Yeah, no worries. Take all your t like all the time you need." Yeah. So I'm just sitting no, there that, for that, probably nice, thirty yeah. seconds to a minute. I was just writing out some stuff on paper, and yeah, so it was a really good interview. Yeah, I cool. think I had like a, a whiteboard behind me because I was doing it like at the library, and uh, I think I, I I wrote out some basic stuff uh, yeah. before I started coding. But yeah, so it was a video call, right, for all of you guys? Yeah, yeah, mine was too. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. It was <laughs> obviously. Um, all right. So you guys, so you guys passed these questions, and then, so how? And then after that, what? Like, how long was it after you heard back uh, with the like, hey, yeah, you passed the you passed the interviews. How long was it? A week for me, but uh, someone on the Discord. There's like a Discord <laughs> of people who are applying. They like there's like this little neat trick about what the portal says. So like, if the portal yeah. said something, then. I think it was something like location move there. I don't even know. Or transfer to like another that. office, right? Or something? Yeah, something like that. And then that means you're like 95% got an offer. So I got that like three days after the interview, three business days. Mm -hmm. So like I knew 
I was like 99% sure gonna get an offer. And then I got the official offer like a week later. Yeah. Yeah, I think I got waitlisted like uh, within a week, which is pretty much what yeah. I was expecting. And after that, I kind of just forgot about it and assumed I got rejected. Um, yeah. But then until uh, until you saw the transfer thing, right on your. Oh, side. I didn't. I didn't even know about that. I just forgot about it. I thought I was. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like uh, until like a month or uh, maybe a bit more than a month later, I got an email mm. saying I got it, and and then after that, I I joined the uh, waitlist Discord groups to tell them yeah. there's still hope. They're still they're still yeah. accepting people. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go into that later, but I want to hear uh, first from Nick. Like, how long was it? Yeah, mine was actually really weird. I think it took about a week and a bit. Um, yeah. But they messaged me at like 10 p.m. on a Friday. I was I was drunk downtown, and I I remember getting an email. <laughs> from it. it was super weird. I didn't think they would yeah. message out of business hours, but I remember yeah. getting that. And I was trying to read it, and I was like, I'm like, am I like hallucinating or something? Am I seeing this wrong? But yeah. no, it, it was really weirdly timed for me. I'm guessing you just got super hyped, huh? After yeah, that. it was. Really fun night. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the waitlist. So um so basically I think the waitlist happens when like when you pass interviews, but like there aren't uh enough spots yet or like they're still going through people. Um I like how long like when you when you joined the waitlist, uh Arian, like did you know approximately like did, could you find out how many people were on the waitlist? Did they tell you? Um like do you know do you know your chances or no, they didn't tell you anything about your chances. Uh, that's kind of why I just uh, kind of yeah. forgot about it because, like, the, in my mind, like there was no point in stressing about it. Like it was out of my control. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, they did say what they did say is that um, I passed all the um, like the, the questions. I did well on everything. I basically passed the interview. It's just they didn't have yeah. an, enough spots. So right, yeah, that's what they said. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's good that they're transparent, right? Because like, otherwise, if they kept like holding it and just tell you, not telling you like what actually happened, I think that'd be a bit uh, confusing and just annoying. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Like. So uh, after, yeah. On the um, on the waitlist uh, Discord, a lot of people were like super mad at Amazon, uh, because I don't know. I, I guess they felt like they were uh, entitled to that offer because they passed um, <laughs> the interview. Yeah, but I don't know. Like it's I I wouldn't really blame that on Amazon uh, personally, yeah. uh, because it's just yeah. like a matter of how many spots there are, you know. No, I mean that, but that's really good, honestly. Like compared to, like I don't know if you guys heard, but Microsoft this year they gave out too many interviews, and then it happened to me too that they just kept you on the on the quote-unquote wait list for a final interview, but they didn't tell anyone that, right? Like they just yeah. tell you they just told you. Uh, yeah, just keep waiting, keep waiting. They didn't. They never mentioned a waitlist or anything like that. They just kept you waiting, right? So I think it's 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 uh, it's honest oh, for them good. to be like. I think I was on a that waitlist. List with uh, you. I think we talked yeah. about that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they just told that you, yeah, stupid. you did well, but like we can't tell you anything, right? And I'm like, well, it'd be great if you told me that. Like there's hope. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. All right, so you guys, with your offers, you signed it, and then um. So I'm guessing this is more for you, Nick. Um. So you went to Vancouver, right? Um, yeah. and like, did, uh, did Amazon help you like look for a place or like find roommates or anything like that? Uh, so they did a little bit of help. They gave us a little bit of help. It wasn't the best. Um, their support is definitely huge in the U S they have a bunch of websites mm -hmm. where you can meet people. Um, wow. I know they use discord right now where you just kind of like message people, but it's, it's not yeah. like an actual system. Um, mm -hmm. they have this, this company that can find you housing, but it's mostly for the U S. So I think in Vancouver, when I was looking, there was literally one apartment on this website in Vancouver. And yeah. all these engines are looking at it, and there's, like, God knows how many rooms available, you know? Yeah. So I ended up just finding it on my own. But mm -hmm. I think if you did need more help, you could reach out. As soon as your manager reached out, you could talk to them. But, it, like, you kind of weigh it at that point because that's closer to the day. You, you kind of want to mm -hmm. secure a place closer or earlier than that. So yeah. it's really up to you. But I kind of did on my and, own. Uh, and the office in Vancouver, it's downtown, right? Yeah, they have a bunch of them downtown. There's probably like mm -hmm. five of them. Right. They're all like kind of like, scattered around. And uh, the onboarding process in person, like, is it, uh, is it very lengthy? Like, is it a week type of thing? It was about, there was, the biggest thing we do is there was like a boot camp that was a couple days. Yeah. And then most of the onboarding takes place with your like onboarding slash mentor buddy. 
mm-hmm. think that was the biggest part because after the boot camp, you know, like there's so many, so much internal stuff. You don't really know mm-hmm. that much after it. So I feel yeah. like just sitting with your mentor and they're expected to spend a certain portion of the day with you every day. So it yeah. wasn't really, it was, I found it really smooth, a lot more than online because online now I feel almost like a burden yeah. whenever I send a message to somebody or I try to schedule a meeting in person it was super chill. You just walk up to their desk and you ask them. So, so, so talking about online, how, um, so I'm guessing we can't really talk like all of us are interning virtually this summer, like what the differences are like. But like um, for you guys, Firas and Aryan, like what what have you guys like? I know that you guys mentioned that you had an onboarding uh, event back in like April or something. But like, what what was it like? How many like how long was the onboarding? For me, it was like three days. I didn't really have much of a choice because one day was like I had Monday off, mm-hmm. so it was like the Victoria day. But yeah. then Tuesday, I couldn't really figure out what's going wrong with IT. Like I couldn't get into my laptop. So I just try to finish everything like in the three days really quickly and just get it done so that I could start like uh, getting ready to actually contribute like week two. Yeah, for me, like, again, like, took like, 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 uh, I was, I, I was having issues uh, at first, uh, like logging into my MacBook, but like after the first week we had, yeah. we had, I, I was more or less set i think after that i was doing like tutorial yeah. stuff more i know when it comes to the uh to the equipment um so like i know that you guys mentioned that you got a you got on the mail like uh what's it a macbook pro and like a really nice um like widescreen type of monitor type of thing that uh that compared to like the stuff that you have in the office nick like is it is it pre- like do you pretty much have that in the office or is it like did, did they send better stuff to work from so home? i had a much worse laptop when I was there last summer, and I don't know if that's just because they haven't updated them yet. It could be that this year yeah. is when they, they cycled them out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the monitor, I had two smaller monitors before, but you could opt in for the widescreen. Uh, I, I didn't know any interns who actually did that, but so I can't, I don't know if it was, if it was possible. I know full-timers could switch between them whenever they wanted to, and I imagine mm-hmm. interns probably could, but it was generally about the same. Like, other than the laptop being really nice this summer, yeah. I think it was about the same. And when and when it came to the actual work that you were gonna do, um, like did they change your projects? Like did you guys like did you guys know like how long was it when you found out what your actual project? Like uh, did they ask you your interests? Like was it up to you or like was it up to them to just tell you what you were gonna work on? Like what was that like? Yeah, for me it was like um, I think after week one, they kind of gave me. Um, like an idea of what it would be. Yeah. So you didn't week, know anything before. Uh, on week two, um, then they presented with me with like a low-level doc that my mentor had mm. uh, written up, and yeah. uh, that's when I had more details about the project. Basically. Yeah. What about you first? I actually met someone on the Discord that was on the exact team that I was on. So mm-hmm. stream luck. Uh, <laughs> I literally just asked, like, is anyone on? X team right and someone yeah. messaged me on discord yeah. and even like like the manager the manager who they wrote in the email is not even my manager it's like my manager's manager mm-hmm. so there's a chance even then that i still wasn't on the same team and then i got like a clarify a second email saying this is your actual manager and then i asked him again and it was the exact same team that he was on so but how long um, was it uh like when you signed the offer until you knew your team um, or like I how long before know. your start date was it? I didn't know like until like maybe like two months and a bit before my start date what team I was on. So and wait, they... so, so you knew two months before your start date and Aryan, you knew your first week or was... No. Wait, are you no, talking no. about team or project? Yeah, like you, you like your team type of thing. Oh, team, I, I knew that like, uh, like maybe a week before or something. I'm not sure about oh, that. Oh, wow. Okay. Like at least what my about man- Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Nick? For me, it's different because I was returned to the same team. So oh, right, right, right. I think last summer, probably about a month before, I got mm-hmm. my manager and what team I was on. And then a lot of the mm-hmm. info came just before you started work. Um, this summer, I got my project. So I, I was friends with some people from my team from last summer. So they kind of yeah. updated me throughout the year, telling me when they were planning my project and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I knew about it beforehand, but I officially got the documentation on my yeah. project probably after the first week, like the Monday following. Mm-hmm. And like, do you guys know if there were any changes to your project, uh, like, because of working remotely? Like, 
you know, you guys know how like Google basically changed all the insurance projects that weren't returning uh, to be an open source, right? Because like security stuff, oh, yeah, like did you guys have to go through anything like that or was it just the same? They didn't mention anything like that. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, like the project isn't like super uh, like set in stone, at least for me. Um, yeah. There's some uh, flexibility in terms of like what I can do. Right. Mine, I kind of had a choice. Uh, like I could have the choice between like backend or full stack. I think they had like two different ideas. But since I knew someone who was on my team, they asked me what I preferred. And so yeah. I kind of got a bit more of a choice, like knowing like yeah. uh, what stack I was going to be working in. But yeah. Um, and, and when you're actually working there, so uh, Nick, what what are like? Do, do they have a lot of events usually during the summer? Um, like, are there a lot of socials? Do they push you guys to like make friends groups and stuff? Yeah, there was a decent bit of stuff with interns, um, but then you also had stuff with your team too, and that completely yeah. depends on the team you're on. Like, there were certain mm -hmm. teams that went skydiving, some that went wow. jet skiing. My team went on a few cruises. Like, it was the most random. Oh, wow. it, was, it just depended on what your team wanted to do. But then yeah. they did have intern events, generally a couple of months, I would say. At the beginning, mm -hmm. there was probably a bit more just to get to get you to meet each other. Yeah. And and yeah, from there, most of the interns just made their own events. We just, like, we kind of formed our own group. Yeah, for sure. And they did our own stuff. And, like, obviously, that compared to this summer's experience, it's a lot, it's a lot different, right? Like, Man, um, it's like, so different. <laughs> like, would you, say that, would you say that they're planning the same amount of events? Or not really? They're definitely trying. But it's just, like, there's only so much you can do. Like, right now, we're doing some virtual scavenger hunt type of event. Yeah. But it's not the same as last summer where we did an actual scavenger hunt and we were running around downtown trying to do all these different challenges. So it's yeah. definitely, like, I respect that they're trying super hard, but it's just so hard to get that same feeling like last summer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, there's less, like, uh, incentive for you to go to because it's, like... Exactly, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, like, in general, would you say the culture... um like, would you say the culture is very, like, outgoing, very, like, uh, energetic type of thing? Or is it more, like, just focusing on the work? Or, like, um, like what, what are, what's the vibe that you guys are getting, uh, Fires and Aryan? And, like, what's the vibe that you got in the office, Nick? I don't know. My team's pretty nice. Like, I don't really have much complaints, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, it's a pretty chill team. Like, I, I mm -hmm. can't really compare it to anything. I guess mm -hmm. it's just, like, the only... The only, like, two, like, weird things is, like, time zone difference. Because, again, like we're three hours apart right and second one is i feel like i'm much like less inclined to ask for help this is just me it's not even really my team thing just because i feel like i'm like bothering you know what i mean like it's like yeah I feel like it's like when you're in an office it's way easier to just walk up and be like oh hey you know but like when you're like i don't know like and you're stuck on a bug and you're doing it over like a video call it's just or like it's just like not the same as like having them right beside you doing it you know what i mean so yeah uh, yeah, like for me, like I'd say, like it's kind, it's it's really, um, it's really different from what I would have expected, at least if I were there in person. Because, like, my team's like all right, but like honestly, uh, like in my immediate team, like yeah, I kind of know them, and but like the extended team, especially like half of them, I don't even know their names, you know, because right, it's just yeah, because like, you just um, don't have that community, right? Exactly. Yeah. And like that, and like the 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 I guess you already knew your team, right, Nick? But um, but I'm guessing like the difference between being there in person or and being there online, like um, like is it hard to like sort of like get into that same vibe with your team? Yeah, I would say so. Last summer it was almost like at the end of every workday, I would just want to hang out with with my team. We'd like we'd make yeah. small groups, we'd go get food, go get bubble tea type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Whereas this summer, sometimes I'll schedule calls, and I just I don't really feel like going because it's not yeah. the same. <laughs> so it's definitely it's definitely a different feeling i mean i i know some of them from last summer there's there hasn't been many changes in my team yeah so most of them i can just talk to like i've known them for a while but it's still not the same as it was last summer yeah it's definitely different i like with your teams would you say that there's a lot of young people or like are there a lot of interns in your teams or like is there more like just seniors and you're the only young person in your team for me we have one other intern and i would say the average age is probably like 27 28 oh wow Somewhere around there, maybe just under thirty. Yeah. What, yeah, what? they probably have the same uh, uh, like demographic kind of, but there are some like more senior guys too. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I also have another intern on my team. Uh, well, actually, part of the extended team, and uh, yeah, 
like we, we met in uh, on Discord before, so we already knew we were going to be on part of the same team. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And like the actual work hours when you're there in the office, Nick, like are they very like tired? Like are they like are they type of sort of company that tell you like after five like you shouldn't be here or like are you expected to like f- like s- like finish your work even if you have to stay till like six or seven, right? Or like what 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 is that like? I can't speak of every team because I know I've heard some teams where. You know, you yeah. you gotta finish the work, whatever that means. But <laughs> for me, it was it was a lot more chill. Like there were certain times where six o'clock would hit, and my manager would be like, "Why are you still here? Like, what are you doing? I saw you coming early." And yeah. They would try to get me to leave. Um, yeah. So it's definitely it's team by team for sure. I don't think there's an overall culture in that aspect, but yeah, for me it was. I'm like, do you see that, you see that being reflected online? Where like if they see you committing at nine or ten p.m., they tell you like, "What are you doing?" Right. <laughs> Yeah, some people have called each other out in group chats. Um, yeah. I think my team is pretty chill with with it. Like you can, if you want to take a long lunch and then work later, that's up to you. Yeah, you kind of choose your own hours, especially because we're in a different time zone. They know they have to be more flexible. Yeah. So especially because not a lot of us work like eight to five or nine to five in one row, right? Like, like personally, like the way I do my work is like I sit down and do like one hour, half hour type of thing, and then I go do their stuff, and then like I just exactly, do that throughout yeah. the day rather than sitting down and working right i'm the exact same way instead of taking like one one hour lunch i'd rather just take a bunch of 10 minute five minute breaks here and there mm-hmm. yeah what like, about you guys? Um, I, I i was gonna say like uh i i barely feel like i have a schedule like because like all i have really um in terms of like commitment is like my scrum usually that's at uh 1 30 p.m which is like in the middle of the day so Usually, like I'll be working uh, before that and taking breaks, and then after that and taking breaks. But like, I I work pretty long hours, but like with with a bunch of breaks in between. That's what I'd say. I know. Um, just sort of like to uh, to wrap up stuff. Like, um, based on your based on your virtual experience, um, like Fire Scenario, like, would you guys be like, I would want to return the next year to like experience the in real in real uh, like in real person type of experience, or like are you guys more like I I don't really like the experience that I'm having, and I I don't know if I want to come back. Uh, well, for me, uh, like I I'm done with my internships. Like this is my last internship, so right. Hopefully, I, uh, I can get a return offer, and mm-hmm. I would be pretty likely to accept it if they give me one. A full time offer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about you, uh, first? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely trying to get a return offer. Like, I'm definitely, like, open. Like, I'm trying to work hard, you know, impress my uh, team, trying to get a return offer. So yeah. I'm definitely open to, to going back. I'd, I'd love to have that possibility. So it's definitely, like, a strong consideration for me as well. Yeah. But, like, would you say it's, like, your first choice if you if you had the, uh, like, if you got auto opportunities with other companies, would it be still your first choice? Uh, Not really sure. I guess, like, to me, yeah. honestly, I feel like, I'm definitely open to it. I, I don't get me wrong, but yeah. I wanted to like because it's intern only time in your life where you can job hop every four months and see different experiences, right? So I'm I'm definitely open to coming back, but I want to see like what what else other companies are like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what about Unic? Like, if you got a return offer, would you take it as like your first choice, or would you still want to try to go to other places to experience more things? So I'm kind of the same on that, where I have a couple more internships that I want to do, or at least minimum one more. So Mm -hmm. I'd like to try somewhere else just because I feel like graduating with one company probably isn't the best strategy. I mean, it's not bad if you like the place, but I don't (laughs) really have much to compare it to. So Mm -hmm. I'd like to at least get one other place, see how I like it. And then it's it's definitely a good offer and I do love the place. So I could 100% see myself coming back. It's just not guaranteed right now. Interesting. Um... And like, if you guys were to give advice to anyone that would want to apply to like Amazon and they're like in their second year after their second internship, like what uh, what advice would you give them? Like study early or like focus on the leadership stuff or like what what, what would you tell them? Make sure you know your lead code and make sure you know your leadership principles. Those are the two <laughs> biggest ones. <laughs> yeah, I think one thing that's helped me, not just at Amazon, just in general applying to places is to kind of plan where you want to be ahead of time. I have a lot of friends who all of a sudden job applications open and then they think, what do I need to do? They don't have the resume done. They don't have side projects done. They haven't been to events and like 
all this stuff they just don't have much to show for whereas like right now i'm thinking about next summer what do i need to plan over the next eight months or whatever to prepare for next summer and if that means i need a new resume maybe i need to go to a hackathon or something get a project done you know i feel like that that proactive thinking is really what's going to get you a job because you can tell an application that's been slapped together in five minutes versus someone who's really been trying to work up their portfolio over the past few months so yeah. i think just plan what you where you want to be a year ahead of time and then aim for that yeah like especially for your first job like um i think we all remember like we were always trying to like pad our resume with stuff because there's so little to put in there so once time comes like you don't want to be the guy who's like in senior year and he still has nothing to show on his resume you know you don't want to have any padding uh by that time uh so yeah you should definitely be uh preparing in advance and uh coming up with personal projects uh yeah doing some other internships um that type of stuff cool well i think that was everything that we wanted to get through do you guys have any sort of more thoughts you guys wanted to share about amazon or like what it was like i have like one final thought if anyone wants yeah. to listen to it Basically, like I, I used to undersell myself. I wouldn't apply to these places early on. And I know mm-hmm. I have a lot of people that have reached out to me in first or second year. They've been asking for advice. And I think one of the key things is to just apply, you know, like even if you don't think you're going to get it, there's literally no harm mm-hmm. in applying and getting rejected. You know, I think last year I probably applied to, I would say, 100 places. I think that's like a wow. decent number. Yeah, like I, I went pretty hard last summer, or not last <laughs> summer, but before that. So I feel like just just at least shoot for it and if you don't get it you don't get it try again next time but i have there's too many people that i know that apply to like three places say oh i didn't get a job and then just wait that's till it, next right? yeah yeah that's probably my best advice cool all right well uh, if you guys want to contact uh any like arian or nick or even faris like we'll um we'll add their websites on on the description of this episode so definitely go message them if you guys want to ask some questions uh, i'm sure that they'd be open to answer anything and yeah, thank you guys for coming. Thank you, Aryan, uh, Nick, for coming on this episode. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, no, thanks a lot. Uh, and for our audience, thank you guys for listening to this episode and look forward to your next stuff. Thank you. See ya.